Dear Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your holy name for making us to be privileged to be among the living today. Glory be unto your name, O Lord. Father in heaven, we pray, please help us, Lord, that we may learn to love you. We pray, Father, that you will give us the gift of your spirit for this purpose, that we may be motivated by love to do your will. We need fresh manna from heaven this morning that it may strengthen us on our journey to the heavenly Canaan, that it may edify and build us up as the children of Israel who none had any illness or disease, not even their clothes got worn out. Lord, we pray that you shall so preserve us till we get to our heavenly Canaan. Lord, put your words in my mouth. We have things in our lives that need to go away. I pray, Father, that the words we shall hear shall be spirit and life to us to purify us, that we may be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflicts and Courage April 25 Too Late He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 Achan acknowledged his guilt, but when it was too late for the confession to benefit himself, he had seen the armies of Israel return from Ai defeated and disheartened, yet he did not come forward and confess his sin. He had seen Joshua and the elders of Israel bowed to the earth in grief too great for words. Had he then made confession, he would have given some proof of true penitence, but he still kept silence. He had listened to the proclamation that a great crime had been committed and had even heard its character definitely stated, but his lips were sealed. Then came the solemn investigation, how his soul thrilled with terror as he saw his tribe pointed out, then his family and his household, but still he uttered no confession until the finger of God was placed upon him. Then. When his sin could no longer be concealed, he admitted the truth. How often are similar confessions made? There is a vast difference between admitting facts after they have been proved and confessing sins known only to ourselves and to God. Achan would not have confessed had he not hoped by so doing to avert the consequences of his crime. But his confession only served to show that his punishment was just. There was no genuine repentance for sin, no contrition, no change of purpose, no abhorrence of evil. So confessions will be made by the guilty when they stand before the bar of God after every case has been decided for life or death. When the records of heaven shall be opened, the judge will not in words declare to man his guilt but will cast one penetrating convicting glance and every deed, every transaction of life will be vividly impressed upon the memory of the wrongdoer. The person 
will not need to be hunted out, but his own lips will confess his shame. The sins hidden from the knowledge of men will then be proclaimed to the whole world. If you have sins to confess, lose no time. These moments are golden. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 Amen The title of our devotion for today is Too Late, Solemn Words We Just Heard. Our key text is taken from Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. Counseling us, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. The Lord is in the business of saving souls, but only those who wish to be saved will be saved. But if we are joined to our idols, and if we are loath to let go of our sins, what more can the Lord do? Now is the time, as we have seen, for the purification of the church, and the Lord is sending his messengers to tell us wherein we have gone wrong. We have looked at Ezekiel 22, telling us wherein we have gone wrong. The things that are done and the previous devotions we have seen, the podcast has explained to us specific things and it has not been exhausted. It's not exhausted. I trust that the Holy Spirit is indeed talking to your hearts and pointing out the sins in your life that I have not even mentioned that are like Achan touching the accursed thing. The Lord is telling you and just in case you are confused, you have the word of God and the spirit of prophecy, the commandments of God which you are to compare your life with. So that you may not be in the dark concerning what it is that the Lord is saying is a sin in your life. In the case of Achan, I can actually imagine, I wonder why, when he heard clearly that a proclamation was made as to why the men died in Ai, that it was because somebody had taken up their accursing and had stolen and had dissembled. We have seen what that means. The Lord says he is smiting his hands at our dishonest gain. In our businesses, how do we conduct it? The Lord says, I have smitten my hand at thy dishonest gain. And he said to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 21 verse 6, Sigh therefore, thou son of man, with the breaking of thy loins, and with bitterness sigh before their eyes. And in verse 14, he said to him, Thou therefore, son of man, prophesy, and smite thine hands together and let the sword be doubled the third time the sword of the slain it is the sword of the great men that are slain which entereth into their privy chambers and in ezekiel 22 verse 13 the lord himself said behold therefore i have smitten my hand at thy dishonest gain which thou hast made and at thy blood which thou hast been in the midst of thee can thine heart endure, or can thine hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with thee? I, the Lord, have spoken it and will do it. Ah, and that is why we are not to wonder when we see, which we rarely actually see, ministers who preach the straight message. It is because of love, that same love that Moses had for the people that is rebuking sin, not because they hate the sinner. And I am saying these things not because of hatred for the people who are practicing it. But I know 
Achan, just as much as Achan did not enter Canaan because of this sin, so I am sure that those who are practicing the abominations in the church today will certainly not make it. How can I know this and keep quiet? How will that be called love when you know the Lord has told you, say this to the people and then you keep silent? This is equal to what Aaron did to the children of Israel when he made them naked to their shame and Moses had to ask him, what did these people unto thee that thou hast brought so great sin upon them? And such a question needs to be asked to the ministers who we saw yesterday that is their responsibility to speak concerning these things. And we need to ask the, ask the ministers today, what have the people of the church done to you? That you see them in their sin and you know that they will not make it to the kingdom of God. They will not enter the heavenly Canaan as long as they are practicing those things in the church. That is just as the wine of Babylon. That is just as a strange fire. The dramas, the frivolity and the jesting and the joking in the church and the practices, all of it that is not in harmony with the word of God and you allow them to continue. What have they done to you that you are keeping silent is the word of the Lord to us. But today the Lord is bringing to us an opportunity for confession and repentance. But not when it is too late. In Joshua 7 reading from verse 19, it says, And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of fifty shekels weight, I, then I coveted them, and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran unto the tent, and behold, it was a hid in his tent, and the silver under it. And they took them out. By the way, just remember, the silver is supposed to be in the treasury of the Lord. So that's referring to a titan offering. And the Babylonian garment is referring to the accursing. So he stole the titan, the offering. That's what the Lord accused him of. And then he pretended by hiding it under the ground because the Lord said he dissembled. And then he touched the accursing, which is the Babylonian garment. Now verse 23. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and all the children of Israel and, and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned him burned them with fire that after they had stoned them with stones. The Lord is giving us the opportunity. You see, Achan confessed at the wrong time. And like we read in our devotion, there are those who will confess at the wrong time. But where, what time are we now? This is a time when we can actually examine our lives and make the confession and change where necessary. This is not the time when it is too late, but it will be someday too late, either when you die or when Christ comes. It will be too late at that time. All confessions will not be met with forgiveness. But we are in a time when a, our confession will be met with forgiveness. So let's take advantage of it. But to understand clearly what needs to be done, once again, I'll read 
Testimonies Volume 3, page 260, paragraph 1, it says, The people of God must see their wrongs and arouse to zealous repentance and a putting away of those sins which have brought them into such a deplorable condition of poverty, blindness, wretchedness, and fearful deception. I was shown that the pointed testimony must live in the church. This alone will answer to the message to the Laodiceans. Wrongs must be reproved. Sin must be called sin, and iniquity must be met promptly and decidedly and put away from us as a people. Then in page 265, paragraph 1, we are told, But if the sins of the people are passed over by those in responsible positions, his frown will be upon them, and the people of God as a body will be held responsible for those sins. In his dealings with his people in the past, the Lord shows the necessity of purifying the church from wrongs. Now, this purifying the church from wrongs, we read before that it is likened to the sealing time. In page 266, paragraph 2, we are told, The true people of God who have the spirit of the work of the Lord and the salvation of souls at heart will ever view sin in its real sinful character. They will always be on the side of faithful and plain dealing with sins which easily beset the people of God, especially in the closing work for the church in the sealing time of the 140 and 4,000 who are to stand without fault before the throne of God, will they feel most deeply the wrongs of God's professed people. This is forcibly set forth by the prophet's illustration of the last work under the figure of men each having a slaughter weapon in his hand. One man among them was clothed with linen, with a writer's ink on by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. End of quote. So here we see that the purification of the church is likened to the searching out of sin done just before the final battles of Israel. And we just read that this is especially supposed to be done when the Lord is sealing the 144,000. Where do we see that? Revelation 7. And then it is linked to Ezekiel 9 talking about the man with the writer's ink on setting a mark upon them that sigh and that cry for the abominations that are done in the midst thereof. It is seen in Revelation chapter 7 verse 1 and it says, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth neither the sea nor the trees till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So from this passage we already read that this sealing is the same thing as what is seen in the book of Ezekiel 9 where there, were, there was a man with a writer's in corn and setting a mark upon them that sigh and that cry. You see, Joshua and the elders were sighing and crying. They saw that God was not with them and they are the ones, in a sense, purifying the church by giving the pointed testimony. So the sighing and crying there represent two things, searching in your own life for sin, that is the sighing, and the crying represents the preaching to others. 
concerning the word of God, the pointed testimony, that's the crying aloud in Isaiah 58 verse 1. We are told, cry aloud, spare not, lift thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. So what is crying? Crying means to show people their sins and their transgression. That's the meaning of crying. Whereas sighing means to mourn for your own sins, to repent for it. In the sealing work, there is a work of repentance to be done. In Ezekiel 7, talking about those who will be saved after the sealing work is done. It is only those who will do the work of confessing their sin. Reading in Ezekiel chapter 7, reading from verse 16, it says, But they that escape of them shall escape, and shall be on the mountains like doves of the valley, all of them mourning, everyone for his iniquity. All hands shall be feeble, and all knees shall be weak as water. Do you remember what the Lord said concerning the children of Israel? That they were as weak as water because of their sins. But those who escape are those who will be sighing. That is, repenting of their sins, confessing their sins. Joshua and the elders were sighing and crying. In Ezekiel 9, we see the work that is done. Reading from verse 1, it says, He cried also in mine ears with a loud voice saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near, every one, every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate which lieth towards the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand, and one man among them was clothed with linen, with a writer's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar, and the glory of God, of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub whereupon he was to the threshold of the house and he called to the man clothed with linen which had the writer's inkhorn by his side this, this, this passage is full of meaning that the glory of the Lord was at the threshold it was not inside the house but at the threshold of the house and then saying to the man with the writer's inkhorn verse 4 now says the Lord said unto him go through the midst of the city through the midst of Jerusalem and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said in mine hearing, Go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have you pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house, and he said unto them, Defile the house, and fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth, and they went forth, and slew in the city. Now, in this work in Ezekiel 9, we read the work of the ceiling that is talked about in Revelation 7. And here we see that it is a work of purifying the church. Today, how is this fulfilled? It is fulfilled by the sign and the crying. The sign, like I've already said, is when we are looking at ourselves, repenting, confessing our sins. And the crying represents the preaching through the pointed, straight, cutting testimony that will cause people, like we saw in yesterday's devotion, that will cause them to make a change in their life. Because when you don't tell the people what their sins are, how can they change? Isaiah, Isaiah 58 verse 1 says, show them their sins, show them their iniquities. Who is supposed to do this work? The sign and the crime. As it was Joshua and the elders, to whoever the Lord commits the work today, 
please go ahead and do the work of sighing and crying. But we now see in Ezekiel 9 that there are two classes of people, those who have the mark and those who do not. Those who have the mark are spared and those who do not have the mark, they are slain by the other men with the five, uh, the destroying, the five men with the destroying weapons. What does this represent? Testimonies, Volume 3, page 267, paragraph 1 says, Who are standing in the council of God at this time? Is it those who virtually excuse wrongs among the professed people of God and who murmur in their hearts, if not openly against those who would reprove sin? Is it those who take their stand against them and sympathize with those who commit wrong? No, indeed, unless they repent and leave the work of Satan in oppressing those who have the burden of the work and in holding up the hands of sinners in Zion, they will never receive the mark of God's sealing approval. They will fall in the general destruction of the wicked, represented by the work of the five men bearing slaughter weapons. Mark this point with care. Those who receive the pure mark of truth, wrought in them by the power of the Holy Ghost, represented by a mark or by the man in linen are those that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the church. Their love for purity and the honor and glory of God is such and they have so clear a view of the exceeding sinfulness of sin that they are represented as being in agony, even sighing and crying. Read the ninth chapter of Ezekiel. Going on, it says, But the general slaughter of all those who do not thus see the wide contrast between sin and righteousness, and do not feel as those do who stand in the council of God and receive the mark, is described in the order to the five men with slaughter weapons. Go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man whom upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary end of quote so god is giving us a representation of our own time the, the what happened with achan is a type of what is happening today which is the ceiling of the 140 and 4000 expressed in revelation 7 and especially in ezekiel chapter 9 ezekiel 9 describes the work and the quality and the criteria for receiving the mark sighing and crying confession repentance not when it is too late but before it is late because once the work of the man with the right hand's icon is done then the others will follow him to slay now when does this happen in our own time if you read ezekiel 9 reading from verse 11 it says behold the man clothed with linen which had the icon by his side reported the matter saying i have done as thou hast commanded me not until he has done his work will the five men with the destroying weapons begin their slaughter when does this happen in our own time it happens the ceiling is going on right now probation will close once probation is closed no need for confession your confession will be too late in that time people will say oh the harvest is past the summer is ended and we are not saved for the hurt of the daughter of my people are my hurt I am black, astonishment has taken me. This is what people are going to be crying in that time when it is too late to make confession. And what will take place at the close of probation, great controversy, page 656, paragraph 1. Concerning this, after the plagues of the Lord, it says, A noise shall come, even to the ends of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh. He will give them that are wicked to the sword. Jeremiah 25, verse 31. For six thousand years, 
the great controversy has been in progress. The Son of God and His heavenly messengers have been in conflict with the power of the evil one to warn, enlighten and save the children of men. Now, all have made their decisions. The wicked have fully united with Satan in his warfare against God. The time has come for God to vindicate the authority of his downtrodden law. Now, the controversy is not alone with Satan, but with men. The Lord has a controversy with the nations. He will give them that are wicked to the sword. Going on, it says now, The mark of deliverance has been set upon those that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done. Now, the angel of death goes forth, represented in Ezekiel's vision by the men with the slaughtering weapons to whom the command is given. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Says the prophet, they began at the ancient men which were before the house. Ezekiel 9 verse 1 to 6. The work of destruction begins among those who have professed to be the spiritual guardians of the people. The false watchmen are the first to fall. There are none to pity or to spare. Men, women, maidens, and little children perish together. My brothers and sisters, the Lord is calling our attention to this work of the sealing that is taking place today. Where will you be? Are you going to be among those who are sighing and crying for the abominations? Or you don't believe that things are the thing God said is abomination is abomination? It's our duty to go and check the word of God. In the book of Isaiah chapter 66, reading from verse 15 down to 17, the Lord says, Those that have the abomination in their vessels, do you know that there are things you eat that the Bible calls abomination? And the Lord says that anyone whom he found the abomination in them, he will destroy. That is Isaiah 66 verse 15 says, For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with the flames of fire. For by fire and by sword will the Lord plead with all flesh and the slain of the Lord shall be many. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the mist eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, said the Lord. So there are things you that you put into your mouth that you eat. Like for example, here it says swine's flesh, abomination. And then there's Deuteronomy 22 verse 5, so controversial for many today, talking about those who do cross-dressing, abomination. We read in the book of Ezekiel 22 where the Lord said, I will show them the abomination. Part of it was the breaking of the Sabbath. Other things included man's men sleeping with their daughter-in-laws and people sleeping with one another in the church. All this uh, lewdness, abomination, and there's so much more. Ezekiel chapter 8 tells us of the abomination of worshipping the sun, people with their face towards the sun, the, the, the worship of the sun. And the Lord is sighing and crying through his messengers today and saying, We need to repent before it is too late. We need to make a change. God is calling us today to make that confession. The truth is that. Confessions, when we read Testimonies, volume 3, page 272, we are told, Confessions of sin made at the right time to relieve the people of God will be accepted of him. But there are those among us who will make confessions as did Achan too late to save themselves. God may prove them and give them another trial for the sake of evidencing to his people that they will not endure one test, one proving of God. They are not in harmony with right. 
they despise the straight testimony that reaches the heart and would rejoice to see everyone silenced who gives reproof. End of quote. Akan's confession after the search was done and he was found out represents the cries and confession of the wicked when probation is over and there is no intercessor between God and man. He hoped not to be found out. He waited till he was singled out before he confessed. He thought his secret was hidden from God and he only confessed because he was found out. Let us not wait for the Lord to find us out before we confess. We read today, if you have sins to confess, stop justifying it. Let go of the sin. Lose no time. These moments are golden. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, such a heart thing it is to get to the heart of man. Please, Lord, give us hearts of flesh and not hearts of stone. We pray, Lord, that you forgive our backsliding. Show us from your word, Lord, continually our sins. And show us our iniquities, Lord, and then please give us the grace also to repent of our sins. Help us, Lord, to be among those who will sigh and cry, that we may receive the mark of truth. Help us, Lord, not to be like Achan, holding on to sin until it is too late to confess. Please, Lord, I pray for all who are listening that you will give us understanding. Help us, Lord, not to justify and rationalize to the point that we don't see sin for what it is again. But help us, Lord, to faithfully follow the word of God that we may be saved at last. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.